Please turn with me in your Bibles to Ezekiel 33. We'll be reading the first half of the chapter, two portions during the sermon. And the prophets truly were full of God's Holy Spirit. To say the things that they said, to write the things that they wrote, were impossible apart from God's Spirit. And you look around today, a lot of our problems in the Church of America is because we don't know the prophets. We don't read them, we don't meditate on them. It's exhausting. It's a little scary. But if we are to understand what is happening today in our culture, in the church in America, study the prophets, become familiar with the major and minor prophets. So Ezekiel prophesied in captivity. God's people had been taken away by the Babylonians. Ezekiel has just come back from the other nations. He told them that doom was coming. And now he comes back to God's people to speak directly to them. And in this chapter, God passes sentence on his people. Ezekiel was a watchman a prophet, and he was accountable for the souls he spoke to. The people were standing on trial before God, and God gives them the promise and the exhortation very similar to the passages we've already heard read this morning. If a wicked man repents of his sin, he will not perish. But if a righteous man abandons the faith and acts wickedly, he will perish. God told his people that all of their hopes would fail them because they persisted in their sins. So take warning. So the first nine verses, just follow along if you have your Bible. This is the word of the Lord. It is eternally true. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the sons of your people and say to them, if I bring a sword upon a land, and the people of the land take one man from among them, and make him their watchman, and he sees the sword coming upon the land, and blows on the trumpet, and warns the people, then he who hears the sound of the trumpet, and does not take warning, and a sword comes and takes him away, his blood will be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning. His blood will be on himself. But had he taken warning, he would have delivered his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and a sword comes and takes a person from them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require from the watchman's hand. Now, as for you, son of man, I have appointed you a watchman for the house of Israel. So you will hear a message from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require from your hand." 
But if you on your part warn a wicked man to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he will die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your life. Now, it's a sobering warning. Not many of us should be leaders in the church because God will require it on the day of judgment. We will be judged more strictly. It is the watchman's job to warn the people of coming threats. It's his job. Don't be surprised if a watchman does his job. If he does his job, thank God that he is working to do that job. And if he does it well, then doubly praise God for doing it. So what's an example of a present-day watchman? What's an example of a watchman today? A pastor. That's an easy answer, right? But thank you for your consistent faithful answers, Liam. So a pastor is a shepherd of souls. What about parents? Our parents, mom and dad, watchmen. What about your teachers? Are they watchmen? In this present day example, what's a watchman's job? To watch and to sound the alarm. The enemy's coming. You went cross-eyed when I said that. The enemy is coming. A watchman, to be worth his salt, he needs to do several things. He needs to be prepared. He can't be asleep. He needs to identify what an enemy is. And he needs to identify when the enemy is coming. He needs to be skilled in his work. A watchman is warning sinners of the coming judgment. Again, as we read earlier, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We all get that. But it becomes a little more difficult as it becomes particular. What I mean is, you're all fine with maybe a pastor standing on the street corner, maybe with a bullhorn, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What about when the watchman sees the enemy creeping into your life? Maybe in very subtle ways. What about when he sees that the enemy is approaching you, let alone when that enemy has already come in the borders? What's a watchman to do? Well, if a watchman hates you, what did the passage warn? If he hates you, he won't do anything. He'll take a nap. He won't mention your sins. He won't warn you at all. But why would a watchman do that? At least a watchman wouldn't warn you because he fears man and he doesn't fear God. He's unfaithful. A teacher, so there are certain reports that come with a report card, at least here at Mars Hill, we're grateful for them. It's not just grades. Okay, you got an A minus in math. That's great. But then there's a section at the end where 
a child is being tested basically on his moral fortitude. I'll say that. And let's say the first one is the child listens to and respects authority. And he can be judged on always, nearly always, sometimes. Let's say that first rubric is this child listens to and respects authority. If you were judged, not that you always respect authority or nearly always, if you sometimes listen to and respect authority, is that a good thing? That is a faithful teacher warning that child. Take heed. There is an enemy in your midst. That's a faithful teacher blowing the trumpet. And if you got that mark, for example, take warning. Because if your watchman loves you, they'll be godly. They'll be aware of how the enemy threatens your life specifically. A good shepherd knows his sheep. There are some sheep who are so dumb they will want run right to the cliff and throw themselves off. There are some sheep who are dumb and run right over to the pack of wolves. A good shepherd knows his sheep and will warn the sheep of the coming trouble. And so, if you're a sheep under the watchman's care, what then is your response? If you have a watchman who does not watch, who does not warn, do you pray for your watchman? Do you help them by keeping the lookout, telling you, listen, I'm tempted to do this particular thing, and I know it's bad, I know it's a sin. Would you pray for me? Please, would you pray for me? I'm in need. I need help. Would you please pray for me? On the other hand, if you have a faithful watchman who, yes, imperfectly watches over your soul, and yes, imperfectly warns you of the coming judgment, he's a sinner too. Do you punish the watchman for doing their job? Do you say, I don't need this from you. I don't want these warnings. I am fine. It's not easy to be a watchman. We have some veteran dads and moms among us, some veteran grandpas and grandmas. It's not easy work. Look at the lives of the prophets. Look at Ezekiel's life or the Apostle Peter's life. It's hard work. It's hard work to love people. It's hard work to love people by telling them the truth. We want to believe that we're quite lovable, quite easy to take care of. But if you know yourself, how often we're tempted to be that sheep that goes astray. So don't rebel against your God. If God has put shepherds in your life who warn you, thank God for that. Don't rebel against them. Of course they aren't going to do the work perfectly. 
So pray for them and help them. Don't be like the people in this chapter who ignore and rebel against God's watchmen. Don't go straight into danger and sin. Though you heard the trumpet sounding, though we heard God warn us, though a pastor or elder or deacon warned us, if you don't listen when you get that warning, it's suicide. Hebrews tells us, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with... One no Hebrews. Let them do this with joy, not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. You want your shepherds to do the work joyfully. Some kids in the classroom are straight-up troublemakers. And over time, a teacher can just expect. Maybe this time they weren't getting into trouble. Well, you have a track record of it, so guess what? I'm going to bless you with another thump on the skull with the shepherd's staff. For you watchmen out there, those who lead souls, you have a very serious job. You need to know the enemy. You need to study the enemy and expect his moves. And you can't expect and anticipate what the enemy's going to do if you're lazy and sleeping and self-absorbed. You need to be ready at all times. They teach military men and police officers to be ready and prepared at all times. If you're asleep, you won't see the enemy sword coming. And a watchman is watching little subtle things. Sure, sometimes he's going to be wrong about stuff. But if he sees little subtle things and he's faithful, he'll press on those things before they get to be bigger problems. If the watchman was not doing his job and didn't see the danger, or if he did see the danger and didn't sound the warning because he's protecting his own safety, and if that lazy watchman does not warn the people and the people perish, people who otherwise would have lived They would have had time to repent and plead for the Lord's mercy instead of dying. The prophet warns those watchmen, His blood I will require at your hands. And then if you're awake and you do see the enemy coming and you sound the trumpet and it's loud, the enemy's coming. Get ready! The enemy's coming! Now, if you watchmen do your work, if you're aware at all times, and if you sound the alarm when the enemy comes, you've been faithful to warn. Then you've earned your wages. You've gained the trust of the people. And if any people die, 
their blood will not be required by your hands. Now that's still a sad situation though. Because that kind of shepherd who loves the sheep, he doesn't want to see him perish. He's a faithful under-shepherd. This next section that we're going to read here, we'll point that out specifically. The watchmen are accountable to the Lord for the work they do and the work they don't do. For the sins they commit, the sins they omit. The watchman's work is to warn sinners of the danger. To be clear what a warning sounds like, we'll finish this first half of the chapter. Again, if you have your Bibles, just follow along with me. Ezekiel 33, verses 10 through 20. Now as for you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, Thus you have spoken, saying, Surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we are rotting away in them. How then can we survive? Say to them, As I live, declares the Lord God, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. Why then will you die, O house of Israel? And you, son of man, say to your fellow citizens, the righteousness of a righteous man will not deliver him in the day of his transgression. And as for the wickedness of the wicked, he will not stumble because of it in the day when he turns from his wickedness. Whereas a righteous man will not be able to live by his righteousness on the day when he commits sin. When I say to the righteous, he will surely die, live, excuse me. When I say to the righteous, he will surely live. And he so trusts in his righteousness that he commits iniquity, none of his righteous deeds will be remembered. But in that same iniquity of his, which he committed, he will die. But when I say to the wicked, you will surely die, and he turns from his sin and practices justice and righteousness. If a wicked man restores a pledge, pays back what he has taken by a robbery, walks by the statutes, which ensure life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of his sins that he has committed will be remembered against him. He has practiced justice and righteousness. He shall surely live. Yet your fellow citizens say, the way of the Lord is not right when it is their own way that is not right. When the righteous turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, then he shall die in it. But when the wicked turns from his wickedness and practices justice and righteousness, he will live by them. Yet you say the way of the Lord is not right. O house of Israel, I will judge each of you according to his ways. A clear warning sounds like the wicked man is going to die in his wickedness. And I'm talking, friends, not just about the world around us, Yes, we are in a fallen culture and one that's falling faster. I'm talking about the warning for you and I. Well, I'm not wicked. I mean, I can think of some really wicked people. But that's just like us in our fallen state. We think we've got it all figured out. 
and we know better than our Lord who made us. Who was this prophecy written to? The prophecy was written to the people of Israel. The letter of the Apostle Paul to the Romans. It wasn't written to the pagans in Rome. It was written to the church. And the Apostle Paul says, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. The gospel is for you and me. It's true that the children here, they're innocent, at least relatively innocent, relative to us, at least to me. But relative to Jesus Christ, the perfect one, we are fallen sinners because of Adam's fall. And so, the watchman's message, it's for us. For us to preach to ourselves as we work to preach it to our loved ones around us. As we work to preach it to our neighbors. We must repent. Unless a man repents, he'll be cut off from God's mercy. The wages of sin. What is a wage? What's the definition of a wage? Hmm? Go ahead, Jubilee. A payment, something that you've earned. Sweetheart, you have waited for a long time waiting for that baby sis. Couldn't wait to see that smile this morning. Your sins and temptations. As you grow in grace in Christ, you should know your temptations. Flee from the wrath of God to come. When a watchman tells you the truth, it shows you that they fear God more than they fear you. And you want watchmen who care for your souls who fear God. Shepherds who fear their sheep are no good to them. Shame on those ministers who say peace, peace, where there is no peace. They'll fall into the same pit as the sinners around them. Those in authority who fear those who are under their authority are no good to them. And I'm understanding as I get older and as my kids get older, reaching young adulthood, some of them, (laughs) children aren't dumb. They know. They can smell when there's blood in the water. They can see if you fear them. Don't fear your children. Love them. Do the work. If you fear your child, you are preparing their souls for destruction. Love your children and tell them what they need to hear. It's easy to think, well, I can be the kinder, gentler, no authority, authority. But they won't be prepared then to meet the authority, King Jesus, on the day of judgment. I have been placed on this earth as an authority. And if I'm faithful in my work, those under my care will be at least some better prepared to meet the Lord. A watchman who doesn't warn his people, he doesn't love them. A watchman warns. And then if they disobey then you can follow through with discipline as a faithful shepherd. If you don't do the work of discipline, 
then you're a hypocrite and you're teaching them the same hypocrisy. Now, a faithful watchman can be encouraged, even though it's sobering. He can save himself, even though he warned some simply will not listen. So many so-called Christians say they're justified by Christ and yet live their lives in a way that proves the opposite. We are not saved by how we live. Don't misunderstand. But how we live shows our faith. How you live when no one else is watching. I remember leading some high schoolers from James. Zenny, maybe, uh, maybe the bigger kids here would know. What did Martin Luther call the epistle James? An epistle of straw. Luther was wrong. Okay? That's easy for me to say. He's been dead a long time. But I tested them, tested their knowledge. Listen, listen to this. What use is it, my brethren, if someone has faith, but he has no works? And I kept reading that over and over. I was teaching these high schoolers. What's wrong with what I just read? This warning that James gives. What use is it, my brethren, if someone has faith but has no works? James warns them, what use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but has no works? We can all talk a good game, but the Lord knows those who are his, and those who are his do the works of the Lord. We don't take God's warning lightly. We don't take his commandments lightly. And these people who Ezekiel is prophesying to they took God's promise and forgiveness lightly and they rebelled against him. The Lord set life right in front of them and they wouldn't have it. So Ezekiel prophesied in hopes that they wouldn't have confidence in themselves, not just in their profession, but that they would have hope in the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit. This warning, it's impossible apart from the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Don't be hardened by presumption. All of you young men and women, you all must close with Christ and cry out to Him. Cry to Him for the Holy Spirit. God has been kind to us. We deserve hellfire because of our sins, and He has stooped very low to us and sent His Spirit. Our Heavenly Father loves you. He has been good to you. Take His warnings seriously, both from His Word and those watchmen who love you and watch out for your soul. It says right here, we just read, 
He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He takes pleasure in them turning and living. It pleases your Lord for you to not die in your sin. It pleases Him for you to repent those pernicious pet sins that you keep. Repent and turn to the Lord. We are to all turn from our evil ways and then with a happy heart turn to the Lord. Luther rightly said that the life of a Christian is a life of repentance. Friends, don't despair. Don't despair. You have the gift and promise of the Holy Spirit. Children of God, there is hope in the Lord, the Psalms tell us. His goodness never fails. Yes, this life is very difficult. In particular for those who are living by faith. That's a promise and a fact. And He sends these trials so that we will again cry out to Him for His help in our time of weakness and need. With the Lord there is forgiveness for our sins so that He may be feared because with Him alone is forgiveness. You might know the hymn in closing, Jesus cast a look on me. Listen to His timeline. John Berridge. His gravestone reads, Here lie the earthly remains of John Berridge, late vicar of Everton, and an itinerant servant of Jesus Christ, who loved his master and his work, and after running on his errands, many years was called up to wait on him above. Reader. And then a question. Are you born again? Are you a new creature in Christ? No salvation without a new birth. I was born in sin, February 1716. Remained ignorant of my fallen state till 1730, about 14 years old. Lived proudly on faith and works for salvation till 1754. Was admitted to Everton Vicarage, 1751. Fled to Jesus alone for refuge, 1756. That's at the age of 40. Fell asleep in Christ, January 22nd, 1793. That's a man of faith who was full of the Holy Spirit. Watchmen, all of you who lead, do your job faithfully. See the enemy, see the danger, and do the warning. Blow the trumpet. And all of us, listen to the watchmen. Read your Bible, listen to the shepherds over your souls, and take heed, take warning. Cry out to God for the gift of the Holy Spirit, and by the power of His Holy Spirit, you, along with this hymn writer, on that day will fall asleep in Christ. That's where we want to be.
Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and honor and glory and praise. You are so good to us. Father, thank you for the promise of your Holy Spirit. Father, send your Spirit mightily. How we need you every moment of every day. May Jesus Christ be praised. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.